are listening to the Juro Synchro Podcast with Tia and Rhea. Hello to all our listeners and welcome back to the new episode of Jura Synchro Podcast. Um, today we are talking about performance uh, psychology and we have a guest from Canada, Veronique Richard. And she's a performance consultant. Welcome, Veronique. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. What about you guys? We're doing great. Yes. Yeah. So happy to have you here and talk with you about this important uh, subject. Well, I'm happy to be here with you too. So could you tell us a little bit about your background and your work experience and your synchronized skating background? Yeah, well, that's a, a lot of things uh, all together. So let's start with uh, synchronized skating, actually, because all this will be linked somehow. Um, well, synchronized skating is what brought me back to skating. So when I was a kid, I was skating as a single skater, uh, started really young at four years old. And then I got attracted by the team sport. So I started playing basketball and soccer. I was kind of sick to skate alone and then when i was about 13 or 14 years old there is this synchronized skating team that started in my uh, city which is cassiope maybe you've heard of this here in quebec it's a uh, yeah quite a big club in synchronized skating so they came to me and asked me whether i wanted to try this thing called synchronized skating and i was like Yes, it's a team sport and it's skating. So maybe that would be the perfect mix of both my skating passion and the socialization that I was enjoying so much from team sport. So, yeah, I did start this when I was maybe 14 years old and then literally fell in love with it. At the beginning, I was really bad. I didn't even have proper skate anymore. So I really needed to like buy the whole thing again. And uh, in 2003, actually, the national here in Canada, the national championship were hosted in Montreal. And I went there and I saw Les Supremes. And I, it, it's, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember that, but it was their famous like comedy program. Like the free program was amazing and they won the national championship. Yeah, I don't know, it's in 2003. So maybe, uh, I don't know how old you are, but. <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, like this is what I want to do. One day I want to skate at that level, like the senior level. And yeah, so that was back in 2003. I really, really started to commit and invest myself into synchronized skating. Um, and then I started to coach quite young, around 18 years old. I started to coach a novice team. And this is where I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Coaching became kind of my other passion. So I was skating, I was coaching, still having in mind that one day I would skate senior. And at the same time, I was doing an undergrad in physical education. You know, I was kind of like, oh, this is fun. But I knew I didn't want to become a coach as a professional career. But I also knew I didn't want to become a physical education teacher. But I loved coaching so much. And I was like, why do I love coaching so much? And I realized it was all the psychological aspect, especially in a team setup. Like the 
team cohesion, the connection between people. I, I, I don't think I was conscious at the time that I was enjoying that so much. But when I was about to finish my undergrad, this is where I was like, okay, this is my shot to try a senior team. So I decided without telling anyone, like anyone, none of my friend, none of my parent. And I just drove to Montreal and went to the Supreme tryout. And that was in the region of Montreal. They train in Montreal. Uh, so I had a, a boyfriend at a time that was also living in this area. So I was like, okay, I go and I try it. And then finally I made the team. So then I was like, oh, okay, I have to move to Montreal. And then I found that master degree. Yeah, this is kind of like... <laughs> Uh, so then there was this uh, master degree at the University of Montreal, uh, which was which was a sports science degree, but I could do the performance psychology speciality. So I was like, oh, maybe this is why I love like coaching so much. So then I decided to get into sports psychology at University of Montreal. Well, sports science with this like specific aspect of sports psychology while skating for the Sprem, uh, while moving to Montreal. That was quite a, a crazy moment. And I was still coaching the, the team in Sherbrooke. Yeah, a little like bit too much maybe for one year. Uh, but I did. I did it. And uh, I'm really happy. I skated for the Sprem in 2009, 2010. Uh, beautiful experience. And then I decided to uh, do a PhD in same thing, sports sciences with the performance psychology specialty. And so I did that until 2016. And then 2016, I moved to Florida. So I did a one year postdoctoral fellowship at Florida State University in the sports psych lab. So that's a long journey, but that's pretty much the mix of both my academic and sport background. Yeah, that was a great journey from the start yeah. to the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of things have happened and yeah. So you skated for one year in Les Supremes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you talked a little bit about uh, how your journey went, but uh, do you have do you have in mind what was the one thing that uh, made you interested in performance uh, psychology? Um, really, I just realized helping. I was always a coach that liked to help skater. Um, like with their motivation, for instance, like I was this coach, I was coming with all all the skater I've coached would laugh at this, but I was doing these big poster with like goal setting. And like, I had always those system to make sure that we were ready for performance, make, make sure that they were confident that they could do all the things. So like, I, I yeah, I think it's just this realization that I was coaching in a performance psychology mindset, kind of like, yes, the technique, the artistic side, I was like enjoying it, but like making the team ready. I, I develop all these processes, like the last practice before a competition, it was a really specific practice where we were going through that process of gaining confidence in all our element. Even the day of the competition, I really, really like to create a whole like, routine set up where the skaters like I could really help them manage their stress and like I was really interested in all human behaviors all the things that could help them perform 
like at their best the day of the competition. So I think that would be really what, and, and I realized that now I have all that knowledge. And even when I was 18 years old, I was like, oh, I was not that bad. Like my intuition was like not so wrong, even if I was young and it was just on intuition, you know? Yeah, and I can see your energy that you have here right now mm -hmm. is so positive and big yeah. that if you would be coaching and yeah. we would be skaters, we would be already like empowered yeah. from you and yeah. <laughs> so you're working now with Team Nova, is that correct? Yeah, well, actually, it's been a, a little bit that we haven't seen each other because of the pandemic, of course. So I would say that over the last year, I did not really work with them. But indeed, I was uh, working as a mental performance consultant with them uh, for a few years uh, before the pandemic hit us. What was your goal as their performance consultant when you were working with them? Yeah, there's definitely different aspect uh, when I work with a team. So the first aspect is the team. I like to call this the team functioning. So how can we establish processes, goal, a communication pattern that will be efficient so we are productive on and off the ice, you know, because in skating, there's more than just on the ice. So that's definitely one thing that I'm always covering as a mental performance consultant. Uh, the second thing is developing uh, optimal mental skills to make sure that we can perform at our best when it matters the most. So maybe we can dive a little bit more in this later on, but that's the second aspect. And of course, I also like to support coaches. Um, so coaches also need some support to be able to, yes, offer a better coaching, but also sometimes there's some issues, um, personal issues or stuff that they have problem handling properly. So I think Marc-France and I uh, are lucky because we have a long-term relationship. I know her for a long time. So um, I, we, we had this facility, like this ease of communication. I think I could tell her uh, my opinion on a, on a lot of topics, which uh, hopefully was helping the team as well. Yeah, so you're not only helping the skaters and the team, but also the coach. Yeah, well, the benefit of like the fact that I can skate, <laughs> um, I, I I do this with other sports too, by the way, not just with synchronized skating, which is my sport, but um, I, I really believe in the integration of mental skills to training. So it's not just a thing that you do outside of your practice in a room, and it's not just a talking uh, process, but one I when I was working with Nova, we were doing yes, we were doing a one hour session before I was explaining them different things. We were doing different activities, but then I was staying for the on ice practice. And then we were doing different activity on the ice, which is like part of the whole training. And this is when I can really see the dynamic between the skaters yes but also between the skater and the coaches and how i can facilitate and help different processes so i think this is really really important to make the difference and this is why it's not it's not therapy it's not just it's performance psychology and it has to be integrated like another like uh, like any other aspect of performance so yeah 
that's that's where I can kind of really talk with coaches, skaters, and be more integrated instead of just being like something you develop apart from your sport. Yeah, I think it's very important that you really help the whole mm -hmm. dynamic, not yeah. only the skaters, yeah. but also the coaches, the mm -hmm. back teams that are there with the skaters every day. Yeah, I think it's very, very important. It is. It is definitely. I think it's actually maybe the most important thing, because if you are just there once a week and the coach is there like every day or like almost every day, if she doesn't know what you're doing or she doesn't know what's going on or she doesn't have any support, then it's like, well, how can we continue the development of optimal like psychological states? It's, it's impossible. So yeah, really important to work with coaches as well. How often do you usually visit the teams if you are coaching them? Is it weekly or monthly or how, ma how many times? Well, The real answer to your question is that it really depends on my schedule. So uh, my work with Nova, for instance, like I work with uh, other national teams here in Canada and that involve a lot of traveling. I also work with Cirque du Soleil. I don't know if you know this circus company, uh, which also involves a lot of traveling. So I would like to see them every week. I think that would be a optimal frequency unfortunately like I think the year we did the best job was the year 2018-19 the halo year I remember year more with theme than with like numbers <laughs> uh, and that year was really good I think I was seeing them uh, let's say every other week but that was quite a good uh, frequency because I can really follow the team and know what's going on and stay connected with them. Uh, some other year it was a little bit tougher because it's it's always because of me, by the way. It's just because I'm not necessarily in Montreal that often. So yeah, if I had to answer what would be optimal, yes, like with other national teams that I work with, I would say like weekly is a really good like kind of timing uh with yeah synchronized skating sometimes i have to skip a few weeks unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> okay i think from our own experience it would be very nice if we would have weekly mm. somebody oh, just talking about the performances and the parts yeah, yeah things and about behind the, it yeah about the confidence also what you said earlier because uh, in our times we didn't have anyone to talk with us mm. uh, about those things so yeah I think in synchronized skating, skating, it's quite new. Like, I don't know of many teams that are having mental performance. I know the Supreme here also have someone, uh, but I don't know about other teams around the world. I think here in Finland, maybe few senior teams might mm -hmm. have. Of course, I'm not, uh, I don't know <laughs> the current situation, but uh, yeah. yeah. Tia, Ria, the podcast. So how do you help athletes develop mental skills and uh, optimize performance? Like I said, the mental skills for me, it's like on the ice process. So let's say, um, let's take attentional strategy, which is something I really like. Like how can we remain focused no matter what? Like even I did a mistake after a, like a little stumble or anything like that. So 
what I like to do when I'm there. I explain, whoops, my God, sorry. I explain them outside of the eyes. Uh, I do kind of a little education period. So what is focus? Because we hear that really often, like focus, 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 but it's like, yeah, what, what is it? And I use a lot of images. So like I do a moment of education, what it is, how can you control it? How can you better manage distraction, for instance? So we do this off ice, but then on the ice, I will really set different activities. Like basically we take a, a I don't know, a piece of the short program and we uh, do it in a way that will challenge their focus. So I have different activities, different stimulus, and then we repeat this piece of the program, but I ask them to purposefully uh, change their focus. So yes, I know that most of the time skaters, they don't even pay attention. Like they are not even aware of what they are focusing on. So when I am there, I will like, it's, you know, it's kind of when you have the person there and it's like, oh yeah, true. Now I realize that I'm focusing there and maybe it's not the best way to focus my attention because when I will be highly stressed out in competition, for instance, uh, well, maybe I should work on another type of focus that will facilitate uh, the optimization of my performance. So awareness is the first thing. And then uh, if we became aware that, eh, you know, that's maybe not the best way to focus, then we will just change uh, and, and experiment because we don't talk enough about those topics. So I think intuitively some skaters develop really, really good focus strategy but not everyone. And, you know, sometimes this is where uh, it creates problem in competition. So that's something that we did with Nova, for instance. And sometimes like the skater, they, they, they are a bit destabilized because they are used to focus on the same thing. And now I change their pattern. We never do like this activity. We will not do this like one week before a competition. We do this like uh, ahead of time. So then they have time to adjust. My goal is always to expand their toolbox like okay you have one way of focusing your attention can we explore other ways so this way you have different strategies that you can pick from in your toolbox so you're not stuck if your only strategy doesn't work when it matters the most right uh, we did the same with confidence so with confidence i have different drills that we do on the ice so then we can explore what it is to have an optimal level of com confidence like is it being over the top confidence super cocky which is sometimes they realize that this is not really better and what about having so many doubts so many fear in our mind so it might sound strange, but I kind of uh, force them or encourage them to go there so we can see the impact on performance. So therefore, they are like, oh, okay, I see. Then we have really interesting discussion with the team. Uh, and because it's in the moment and we are with our skate on the ice, they connect better with the task, like what they actually have to perform. So yeah, integration is for me uh, a big yeah, yeah. thing. And you mentioned in the start that the awareness is the key. And I think with the small children, it's very, very important that they understand that mm. why are they, why do they have to be focused and what does it mean? And I mm. think that's very important. Yeah. 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 With Nova, actually, I also work with 
the junior and the novice. So like not at the same intensity, but we uh, already start integrating like some of those uh, education piece when they are like novice. And then when they are junior, we do a little bit more. So of course, like this club is still young. So we were hoping that with the years, like when you arrive senior, it's not the first time you hear about optimal focus or optimal confidence. Like you've heard that through your journey uh, in Nova. So yeah, that was uh, the hope. <laughs> mm -hmm. You said uh, earlier that you worked with Team Nova mostly in 2018, 2019, and 2019 Nova Senior won the Canadian Nationals. So yeah. what was your uh, impact on that? Uh, how did you help uh, Team Nova reach the top level and uh, achieve such great performances? Well, first, like performance psychology for me, it's one factor. I think this year was uh, a mixed of so many different factors. Uh, that year, especially, uh, we did a lot of team functioning um, activities. I, I, I don't like the talking. I like to help the team communicate together. But like um, every other week, I would say I was coming and then we were addressing one thing regarding the team. And, and I really like to be um, adaptable when I do this, meaning that I need the skater to feed me also on what's going on in the team. Uh, that particular year, they had a really bad start. Uh, they started at Winterfest, which is one of our um, national competition here in Canada. And they 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 did really bad. Like it was a catastrophe actually. And I remember then coming back and uh, we, we really build on like this uh, bad performance, if I can say. And uh, yeah, from there we use that in order to continue build efficient processes within the team. Uh, confidence was a big thing that year too, because I think somehow they knew they had something in their hand. They knew their program was really good. Um, and yeah, and then we, we start working on different aspects like that. But yeah, definitely team functioning was a big thing. Processes, communication, being able to um, address problematic situation right away instead of letting them linger for such a long time and then it creates this like over the top situation which you're like it, it, it didn't have to go there you know like we could have managed it when it was still manageable so I think yeah I think I did a lot of that um so allowing the team to be productive as much as possible because we were addressing things when they were coming instead of yeah so I would say that yeah, and I think everything that you've said are things that we have uh, also knew when we were in in our careers mm. and have done those things together with the team. Mm. But sometimes you just need another person there yeah, to you remind. Need, yeah, you need the facilitator to yeah. help uh, the team uh, to really use those skills. And uh, yeah. yeah, because I think every senior level skater knows that you need these 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 things. Yeah. But sometimes it might just be hard to find them and mm. and yeah. use them, yeah, mm. and develop them, yeah. So then you come and you <laughs> tell everything <laughs> and help the skaters. 
<laughs> well, I think facilitator actually is a really good word because this is pretty much like I come with an idea, I come I come with an activity, and then basically I don't really I know what I'm targeting with the activity, but really often it's just a moment for them to address things, to communicate, because it's a super fast-paced schedule, right? You arrive at the rink, you put your skate, you have your off ice, blah, 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 and then boom, you're on the ice, you perform, boom, and then you're here in Canada, often they skate late at night. So after practice, they don't take time to discuss what happened. They just take their skate off and then run away because it's already 10, 30 p.m. and it's like time to go to bed. So... I think those moments and like those moments that we were creating, what we're just allowing this like, hey, let's take a breath here. Let's look at our team. Let's discuss what needs to be discussed. And yeah, I always make sure to interact a lot during this session, whether it is in small groups, so I divide them, whether it is like, okay, two by two, think with another skater and then we will come back. Like there's different, I use a lot of different uh, method. I use like drawing arts, like just so we change the stimulus. So then they can like express themselves differently and then it creates also like fun moments. I, I remember at some point we did a storytelling of the journey by drawing and I wanted them to emphasize like the moment in the season that we they could build build on and you know they are not always really good in drawing so then it creates like <laughs> uh, yeah that was just before the national championship actually and then we had a good laugh around it and you know it brings back memories good memories and bad memories but that we were resilient enough to kind of bounce back from it so yeah it, it's always like fun to create i like to create moment i think that could be a a way to summarize this well summarized yes <laughs> are you able to say some psychological factors that affect on performance well of course there's many and it will be different like the level of the psychological factor would be different for different skaters but of course like if you can have optimal focus, if you can have optimal confidence, if you can be adaptable, like if you have those three during your performance, like that's really awesome. Like I think you've hit them like perfectly. If you can be in that state, that's great for the during, but there's also the before and the psychological factor that are influencing training. So motivation, for instance, like, I think it's easy to be motivated in competition. That's not really a thing. But like training day after day and always repeating the same thing and sometimes like not finding the solution to a to a, a part of the choreography that is just like, ah, you know, it's not working. That can be like heavy sometimes. So keeping your motivation, uh, resiliency is another really good thing. Like, like I said earlier, when you don't perform as expected, in a competition then coming back you need to like yeah definitely be resilient about it uh, all the strategies around managing uh, emotions there's a lot of emotion like uh, i realize working with many sport that you know artistic sport they have a closer connection with their emotion which is great but sometimes it can also make a lot of moments really emotional when maybe it doesn't have to be that emotional. Uh, so yeah, 
like emotional regulation and training competition could be another one there there's plenty of um but like emotion is a good like example because some skaters are really good without any training at regulating their emotion using their emotion efficiently and others really need to work on that because it's tougher for them and the skater that regulate their emotion really well, they might need to work on their confidence a little bit more, whereas this super emotional skater has a great confidence, for instance. So it, it's hard to say that there's like, it's hard to pinpoint like just a few mental skills or a few mental states because I strongly believe it depends on personality, background, experiences, but definitely all of those would be uh, are in my radar when I'm looking at a team or at skaters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds uh, perfect. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how would you mentally prepare a team to a competition yeah that's also i don't think it's a uh, one it, it depends on the team it, like I, I could think of different teams i've been working with you, you have that's why you have to be there you even have to know the program because you you and this is me i'm answering from my own experience i like to know who they are what they skate on because you can always play around with that Definitely more we approach competition, uh, the topic of confidence and emotion will be like a bit more uh, present. Uh, I like to do some confidence boosting activity just before. Usually the last session I do with a team will always be around this, like around creating a moment where like they boost their confidence. They have a perspective that there's everything to win. And I really, really try to move them away from something to lose. You know, we can easily emphasize on oh my god what if what if what if what if so i'm really trying to set a moment where we will emphasize of on what is there to gain um and yes and anything that is oriented towards uh, confidence would be uh, the way i prepare i've uh, I haven't really followed the teams during competition um so that that's like in other sport I'm attending competition, so that would be a whole different uh, answer. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you can make sure they are emotionally at the right place and like having the right level of confidence, I think you have given them the opportunity at least to thrive. And I think there is a good point, uh, for example, in the senior level or junior level, between the short program day and long program day, if you have uh, succeeded on the short program day, then you might be thinking, okay, now we have something to lose before the mm-hmm. long program, which is, of course, that you shouldn't think that. Yeah. And I have, uh, when yeah. I was a junior, I remember a situation where we were, we were at, after the short program in the first place and some of the girls were like yay we're going to win the mm-hmm. whole competition and I was like ah oh, don't talk about that because we have the long program still coming up yeah and then in the long program I fell down on the mm-hmm. ice and uh we lost the gold medal with less than one point yeah 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 so that was something that was mm-hmm. sad 
like very hard for me. And yeah. after that, I think I always said to my teammates that remember that after the short program, please don't hype if we're on, on the first place yeah. because it might give some pressure that you don't mm -hmm. need. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an unfortunate story, but it's a story that happened quite frequently. Uh, what you, what you just shared and you know, this is why for me, mental skills is, is something you work on throughout the season. Like if let's say you would have had good tool in your toolbox in order to yourself manage your expectation for the next day, I think that would have been really useful in that situation. The thing is that the mistake we do about mental performance sometimes it's to think that we are like quick fixer and it's like, oh, just talk with this girl and she, no, 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 no. I always tell teams that I work with athletes, it's like, we will work hard on those skills. Therefore, whatever, whatever situation happened, uh, like your situation where your team was like a little bit excited about this first place after the short program and you took it as a kind of a pressure to perform really, really well the next day for the long program. But like if you would have just had a few skills, like, okay, how can you change your perspective about tomorrow? Okay, tomorrow, it's like the same ice, it's my team, it's my same program, same music, I know. And then, okay, I go, people that are more rational will go with more attentional strategy uh, to make sure to perform, but other will go with more emotional strategy to make sure to perform and that's all good. The thing is that you have to have them in your toolbox. And if you don't the day of the competition, it's too late. Like it's not at this moment that it would really change something. It's if you've worked on them before. By the way, we do to practice those principle, we do uh we do different drills such as like okay, we will we will take one element and we will be like, okay, we need to hit this element three times in a row. And then of course, like let's say a pivoting block, which sometimes it's really tough. And you have one, you miss the next one, you have one, and then, oh, you have two. And then you know that if you hit the third one, we will move on to the next element, which everyone, oh my God, pray that we can. But this is where you have the opportunity to work on that type of skills, which is like, hey, now we are really close. and you need to remain focused. You need to remain uh, really confident about that and not change your mental process because now it's like, I'm almost there. It's like, no, 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 you're not yet there. Therefore, and then th this is the type of activity that I will do on the ice with the skater. And then I compare. You remember between this short and this long program when you got a bit lost into your excitement? Well, this is a good example of what could happen. So we talk about it. Just addressing those things ahead of time is actually a good thing to do too. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that... Uh uh, you need those tools in the box that you can use them. And that's why uh, I think that you should really start at a young age, mm. also already developing these skills. Mm. Because if you start them at junior or senior, it's, it might have taken many years that mm. you develop the hundred percent. Mm. But if you started at juveniles novice, you might know everything at junior already. So I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And also it would give more um, opportunity to work on 
higher level skills when you are senior. Like sometimes I, yes, it's unfortunate, but I still need to go in really basic skills because I realize that, oh, like they, they don't even know like these words or they don't really know what it means to be resilient. They don't really. So if we could start indeed younger, it's something that a lot of um, whether it is athletes or artists are telling me, oh, my God, if I would have known that earlier, it would have avoided like it would have uh, allowed me to perform much better there and there. And I'm like, yeah, but let, let's now we are having them now. So let, let's at least enjoy this but yeah you're right it would be uh it's it's developmental like anything else right we we have been speaking a little bit about uh, how to prepare and uh how to succeed in a performance but uh how to cope with disappointments hmm well that that's again a um something that i don't want to say that you prepare in advance to be disappointed it would be amazing if a season would go without disappointment right we all hope for the best but at the same time prepare for the worst meaning that um i like i'm a i'm a person that really like to put topics on the table like how will we manage if something like let's say we underperform the short program what are our processes to get back on track and disappointment as all emotion needs to have a little space meaning that you know we have this tendency to be like oh no 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 no, no. like let's all no, no no let's get back on track let's not cry let's not i don't believe in that i actually believe in the power of emotional moment okay you just had a really bad short let's give ourselves an hour let's give ourselves a time where everyone You have the right to experience the emotion. You want to cry? Go for a good cry. You want to experience it with frustration and like vent those thoughts that you have in your mind? Go for it. You want to isolate yourself? Go take a walk and just breathe in, breathe out. That's fair enough too. So this is something we've practiced, like give space for everyone to have their emotional reaction without any judgment, without any expectation. Once this hour, two hours, like there's no uh, perfect timing. It's just the team decide how long they give to emotion. Then when we will gather together uh, again, everyone has their moment. Then we will try to talk and find solution if solution needs to be uh, found. Um, but but emotion would have had, and this is where I think we made a big mistake all the time to just suppress, suppress emotion. Don't, don't cry, don't do these things. I like to give space to it a, a certain time and then we come back together and we can talk and we can just uh, address what happened in the past, but also now move on to, okay, so, what's what's next like how are we approaching uh like the next day how are we approaching even our night like are we just having fun together do we prefer having the night all separate because we need to gather our thoughts or whatever and and this is something we did with nova by the way like just um setting those processes what if that happened and i know sometimes it might sound contradictory because why would you talk about failure 
It's like, well, you always have this choice. Either you talk about it and you're prepared if it happens, but you don't, it doesn't mean that you wish it will happen, you know? And then, or you have the choice of ignoring it, but then when it happens, your team is all chaotic and you don't know what to do because you have never talked about it. I'm more of the school of let's talk about it. So then we will have solution already made to address the situation. So I would say that would be the process. And when you make the solution and talk about it beforehand, mm. it's much more quicker to move on when the failure comes mm. because then you don't have to start thinking about it at that States, yeah. you have yes. already those tools in the box, <laughs> yeah. and then then you can start with the normal training again more quicker. Yeah, and I think we had sometimes the uh, situation like we didn't have, I didn't know how to cope mm-hmm. with the disappointment. Am I allowed to cry or not? Uh, do I need to keep my head high uh, or can I? crawl to the bed or uh, we didn't know how to cope with those emotions I think yeah sometimes true yeah yeah and I was thinking that uh do you see that there are athletes that cope much easier with Mm. uh with the failures and some who struggle with it very much do you see those different types of people much yeah 100 percent um like any other mental skills, coping with adversity it is also kind of a, okay, so every mental skills, which we don't talk really often, but I, I had the chance to do an internship uh, in a genetic lab and we all have a potential, right? So our gene are kind of influencing this potential that you have let's say facing adversity some people will be will have a lot of potential to deal easily with adversity Um, of course it doesn't mean you don't have potential that you cannot be good but for those that are have fewer potential they might deal as well but it will require require them a lot more effort in order to be able to do this and if they don't have the tools if they don't have they don't know how it it might just be not possible in the moment so all the skills you can say are on a continuum it's not a, a black or white or all or nothing like some are really really good naturally in dealing with adversity uh either from their own potential or even experience. Like some have had a tougher life than others. So they are used to deal with different adversity. And maybe for them, sport is just, oh my God, this is nothing compared to a lot of other stuff that I've experienced. Okay. In the skating world, it's quite rare that there's a lot of skaters that I, like since it's a it's a wealthy sport it's rare that you have people that have been through a lot of tough things but still there is skaters that are more used to it and there's those skaters that have been like in their little like bubble for such a long time and then they arrive and it's like oh god what is this like you know so i think yeah it's just a matter of creating space for everyone to to be who they are, like to just, hey, you cry, it doesn't mean you're weak. Uh, you're frustrated, it doesn't mean you're like uh, a bad person. So, and this is hard. This is something really hard for a team to accept individual differences and be okay with 
I don't see a situation, like, I don't see this as a crying situation, but my teammate does need to cry, and I am okay with that, and I will not judge that. I will allow her her moment. Uh, This this requires work because it's so easy to compare or to judge others based on your perception of life, which we all think that our perception is the truth, but in reality, there's no real truth. So you're like, yeah, but that's a lot of And all you said here, I think relates a little bit also to the psychological safety. Could you tell us uh, what does that mean and how does that affect on performance and and also the team. Yeah, a psychologically safe environment would be defined as an environment when you can express your thoughts, your feeling, your emotion, uh, without feeling suppressed or judged or feeling that you should not express something. Like, the, again, I think there's a continuum of safety in the environment. Like, an ideal environment is a place where you could everyone could share their opinion uh, and everyone opinion would be fully welcome and appreciated and build on you know this is maybe a little bit of a magical world <laughs> uh, which I always keep in my head to head towards this but if we can just have an environment where every skater can speak up their mind to me it's like already a big win like that you don't feel that you should suppress your thoughts and you should suppress your perception of a situation. Uh, th- that's when we reach that stage. I'm really happy because I know this can lead to uh, a much more functioning team because everyone will feel lessened to. Um, and that that's really important. And I think we underrate that. In my experience as a synchronized skater, I don't think we've reached that. It was more like the opinion of a few skaters or like sometimes it was really coach led. Like we listen and we don't necessarily have the a space. I, I, I am, I'm seeing you nodding. So I guess it was a little bit the same for <laughs> you and your experience. Uh, but I think nowadays, especially with the generation we are in or like the world we live in right now, it's even more important for someone to have a positive sport experience, to not just be an athlete in a team, but to be a whole human being that we care about and that we listen to when something arises. So yeah, I think it it will become more and more important uh, over the years, I believe. We already talked a little bit about the team spirit. Um, what are things that strengthen the team spirit? I would say the number one communication. If you can create good communication processes, like how do we talk to each other? Um, when it is the time to talk to each other and when it is not the time to talk to each other. Uh, getting to know how I communicate with uh, different teammates because some people need the more direct communication. Hey, why didn't you do that this way? And oh yeah, true, so, like, you know. Uh, other would need a much more, um, I don't want to say soft as like, but a a much more um, like 
indirect approach, like talking, hey, I noticed this. Is there something I can do to help you? Because if they are not approached that way, they will close off super rapidly. And getting to know your teammate on that communication level, it's again, it's a really, it's not as easy said than done. Like, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> as easily said than done. But it's super important to, uh, to, to try at least to know each other at that level. And again, it goes back to the individual differences, understanding that I might like really direct communication. It doesn't mean everyone respond positively to that type of communication. And then you, yeah, you start knowing each other and establishing this same at the team level, by the way, like, what are we doing when we just did an awful program? Like it was, it's in practice, but like, oh my God, that was, uh, are we just moving on? Are we addressing it? Are we talking? Are we just talking about specific point? And all those processes can be established, uh, in advance like not when it happened but like okay what are we doing when this when this when this and norms and expectation in a team when they are clear oh my god it facilitate the process so much because it's like we know what to do like we don't like oh everyone is like in this create these like chaotic situation where everyone trying to find solutions like no no, no we already have it uh you said something interesting earlier when we said those things, when emotion are not present or are not too intense, it's much better because when you try to set those processes or norms or, or expectation, when everyone is like frustrated or everyone is stressed out or everyone like it doesn't really work well. So in preseason, establishing this, it's much more effective than when you try to establish it like when competition uh are approaching so yeah i would say yeah this is a big thing that we work on yeah and i think just uh pre-season also the team bonding like we really at least we in our career we really like focused on the team spirit and uh it was an important thing pre-season yeah yeah and uh, i think we both have been in, in a team <laughs> where the team spirit was great mm. everything went like so smooth. smoothly yeah. and then we've been in teams that the spirit has been so hard and you, you were struggling and yeah. yeah. And I think every week you try to make it better, but it doesn't work. Mm, yeah. Maybe we, we were lacking the tools in our toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were. <laughs> yeah. But would you say that, uh, would you say that uh, te good team spirit is needed uh, in order to succeed? Well, you know, I think yes. And maybe more in terms of well-being than only performance. I mean, we spend so much time on the ice together. Imagine when every time you entered the rink, you know it's going to be a tough three hours of arguing, of not getting along, of like, this is heavy on the overall psychological well-being. It's not just about performance, but it's like, if you go to the rink every day, like kind of with this heavy load on your shoulder because you're like, oh my God, what would it be today? Like who will complain? Who will like freak out? Who will, this is not a fun environment to evolve in. So I think that a lot of time when I do it, and just to go back to the like team building activity, 
to me, I would rather, yes, at the beginning of the season, setting norms, setting expectations, setting goals. That's a thing we do before. But then I like to have a little, like, to keep having those activities throughout the season. I think this is a mistake that a lot of teams do. Oh, we'll do this big activity in the summer. And then after that, we think everything is all good. We've done this one activity, which was super fun and super like interactive and stuff. But then we don't address anything anymore. And it's like, no, 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 no. We'll do maybe a bigger or we'll we will focus a little bit more in the off season. But then we'll have these uh, moments throughout the season. That's why I always do things like within an activity setup so it's like bringing back this like team building at the same time like throughout the season but yeah so that that's one thing okay so if we summarize the team building um aspect i would just suggest a few things do it throughout the season not just a big activity at the beginning of the season and then you don't talk about it anymore during the season uh, make sure you set your processes when you are emotionally neutral so the earlier you set the processes the communication processes how will we handle handle conflict uh, how will we handle tough situation how will we handle stressful situation like before stress or conflict arise, that's always a good thing. And also, if you want, I didn't talk about it, but uh, integrating coaches into, like considering coaches as part of the team is also a good thing. I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily having coaches all the time time in the sessions because sometimes it's good for the skaters to just like speak freely without like anyone watching except me facilitating of course uh, but really often at the end of a session when our processes are set when the discussion have happened then we bring the coaches in and then we present them because like if you just do it in the team and the coach is not necessarily aware that that could be a good thing to do as well yeah, that is a very good point, actually, to bring yes. the coach uh, also to the process. Yeah, mm -hmm. very good point. Uh, next, we would have a this or that for you. So just answer quickly the first one you think is the best. Yeah, so there's five questions and two options in each. Group lift or intersection? Group lift, 100%. Easter or Christmas? Christmas. Short program or a long program? Long program. <laughs> <laughs> Meditation or motivational speech? Ooh, that's a good one. I would still take motivational speech, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then the last one, one-to-one -one prepping or whole team together prepping? A whole team together prepping. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. In a team, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a team uh, sport. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Veronique. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. I think we were so inspired again uh, yes. with everything you said and we had so much fun to talk with you. Yeah. And all the points that you said are things that we, me and Tia really know, mm. but maybe it would be good mm. if we would have someone in, <laughs> yeah. in our careers that would have always said that, remember these. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I hope every team really takes these points yeah. and maybe gets inspired and yeah. tries to figure out more better yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much, Veronique. Well, thanks to you. It was really a pleasure to talk with the two of you and share some of the synchro uh, background and experience that you guys have. I think it's fantastic to uh, to uh, be uh, hosted by former synchronized skater. This is fun. We're so happy that we could talk about this subject because it's very important. Mm. And uh, we hope all you listeners loved it. And see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Jura Synchro Podcasts on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The musical theme of this show was created by scatmix.pro and Carl Hugo.